Kia ora, I'm Tim McCready and this is Too Much Talk, a podcast from Onihanga FM. Way back in 1893, Elizabeth Yates became mayor of Onihanga and the first female mayor in the British Empire. She famously said, There is in both borough councils and in parliament too a great deal too much talk. Over the coming weeks, we'll be cutting through the talk and chatting with candidates and commentators ahead of the local body election about their vision for Onihanga and the surrounding suburbs. In this episode, I speak to Amanda Wellgreen, town manager for the Onihanga Business Association, to hear a bit about what is important to the businesses that operate in this part of Auckland and how they currently work with our elected officials in council. Kia ora, Amanda. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. It's really great to chat with you. To kick things off, I really wanted to, to ask you about your job title and your role, because you've got this great job title, Town Manager at the Onihanga Business Association. Could you maybe explain a little bit about what that involves? I hate my job title. It's so obnoxious. Um, so <laughs> I am the what I would call the manager of the business association. Um, and our business association is a member organisation that represent the businesses in the town centre. The business association promotes Onihanga. We run activations and we try and draw people to shop at the businesses and help support our members who pay us. Um, and then we also try and keep Onihanga presentable and safe for members and customers. So Laura, mm. who's one of my team members, keeps Auckland Transport and Auckland Council very honest about anything that comes up like potholes or noise or issues. And then we've also got like a graffiti contract to come in and get graffiti removed as quickly as possible. Um, Right. Just to make it all feel like a great destination and a great place to be and safe. Yeah. Yeah, like the heart of the community. I, I was I was interested in the um sort of the region that you are responsible for because it's it's not it's not um as as wide as you'd think, right? It's it's quite a contained area around uh, sort of Anihanga Mall. Could you maybe describe the the <laughs> the, the, the reach of your organi- Yeah, the the boundary. So we're what's called a business improvement district, which is an Auckland Council term, and so we have quite a prescribed map area. So our boundary sits between Galway Street and one half of Selwyn Street and then from Grey Street yep. down to Nielsen. So it's mm. f- with Onihanga Mall running through the middle of it. So it's very much a very prescribed small area. Yes, that um, captures Dressmart, It does right? include Dressmart, yep. yep. So there mm-hmm. are about a quarter of our members come from mm-hmm. Dressmart. And then on mm-hmm. the other side, like Relure Cycles and Allied Glass, they're our members, but across the road... From them, they are not. They are outside right. our membership. And you are, you, but you are looking to grow that, right? To grow your yeah. Reach. So right. um, since I started in twenty eighteen, I always have to count back from when my daughter was born. Twenty eighteen, yeah. um, there has been discussion about expansion prior to my joining, and um, things like the East West Link project came up and sort of took attention away for a few years on on the potential mm. of development. I just think that um, it's great that we represent that, that group of businesses, which are specifically focused around retail, but there's so many businesses in Onihanga that fall outside of that, that have no representation, that have no voice, that don't have someone who represents them on some of, or advocates for them on some of the bigger issues that it's a real missed opportunity for those people. Um, and crime, for example, and security 
doesn't stop at boundaries and no. there's lots of things no. that don't stop at boundaries. So, um, no, I was just thinking sort of the things you mentioned, potholes, graffiti. I mean, it's, there's a lot of uh, residential areas in amongst all of these sort of industrial uh, and other uh, businesses that are in that broader Onehunga region, right? And I'm sure they'd love they'd love your advocacy yeah. <laughs> around the area as well. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's it's massive. So we started a process um, of collecting. So we had to start at the very beginning by collecting all the data about the businesses in the area. And so one of my team has been out pounding the streets, meeting people, mm. and then we've moved on to that to start sending out information about us we thought it was something that we might be able to do in one year but we're looking at extending it out to two years um, and really establishing those relationships and and starting to introduce people to each other because that's one of the things that we're hearing back from businesses is that they want to support their neighbours but they might not know who their neighbours are because there's no method of finding out that information there's no one collecting all of that and sharing it so that would be our job Yeah, um, I guess tied into that a little bit. Um, the, I'm curious to know a little bit about the COVID recovery because I think um, that's one thing that, uh, at least what I'm hearing, uh, COVID has helped people kind of get to know their neighbours and maybe spend a little bit more time in their neighbourhoods. Is that something that you see, particularly with you know the retail and hospitality side of the businesses that you um, that, that you have in your membership? That's interesting. I would actually say, I mean, maybe for the immediate neighbours. But I would say in some instances that it's put up barriers because people don't cross-contaminate, so to speak. So they right. don't necessarily, you know, we haven't held events, many events for the last few years. So people live in their bubbles at home, but they also live them in at work. So unless someone goes into someone else's business and introduces themselves, they don't right. necessarily know, will make connections between the different businesses. So mm. it's it's been an interesting time. And Onihanga, we're very lucky that we have a, uh, really fantastic supportive community that is very residential. So we have quite a, a static pool of residents. And so every time we had a lockdown, Onihanga would bounce back almost back to normal overnight, um, which was fantastic when everyone was struggling and, you know, making those connections, people would be yeah. really supportive and they were working from home. So they'd still go and grab a coffee or some lunch or pick up something from the bookshop or whatever that may be. Do you see that? Is that continuing? Because I know that like the, the the businesses that are right in the center of Auckland City are calling out for for people to return back to the city because people are still, they say people are still working uh, in the suburbs. Do do you would you agree with that? So, I, I when I talk to our businesses, they're finding it very unpredictable. So they're finding it really difficult to um, plan for and and to do staff mm-hmm. rostering for and stuff. So I was talking to Tom from Anihanga Neighborhood Eatery yesterday and you know one day one Tuesday at nine o'clock he will be rammed with people and then the next Tuesday no people there's no relation to weather there's no relate there's absolutely Mm. they can't figure it out um so we're finding that with the staff shortages and stuff that people are running really lean because they can't spend lots of money on wages because they don't know how to pay them when times are really slow, so it's it's yeah. very very difficult. They're finding it really challenging to to um, just make a plan and stick to it because you know someone will take a lunch break and then suddenly they'll have a hundred people in their shop. They just have no yeah, sure. idea how it's going to happen, what's going to happen next. Yeah, it's it's yeah. That, I guess that um, uncertainty kind of um, 
has spread <laughs> into all parts of society, right? Yeah. Some, yeah, that's... And I think, you know, I think now, I think of my husband, and he works in worry, but if the traffic's bad or if something happens with the weather, like all the fog and stuff like that lately, it doesn't take much for him to work from home. Whereas, yeah. and he had to work from home for eight months, but he prefers being in the office. But if something, you know, knocks it, then he'll work from home and without too much hassle. Yeah, and it's much more accepted now, right? You yeah. Just, you know, it's okay to do that. Yeah, yeah, and so then he may go buy lunch or a coffee when he might not have done that, where he might have done that in Manukau before, so now he doesn't do right. that down there. He'll do it in Onihanga, or he'll ring me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you've uh, the Onihanga Business Association has done quite a lot to um, to draw people in, right? The um, There was the, the Onihanga Culinary Crawl, uh, which I think you, did, you had a hand in. And organizing that, yeah, um, that it right? was it was yeah. my idea, <laughs> yeah, random idea that I had of a um, of a what like a progressive dinner, but in a town centre versus at somewhat at different people's houses, and um, we tr- and so I worked with um, the team at Panuku and my team, um, my team Angela, who's our events manager, and I as my team, um, and yep. we came up with. The, the concept and um, and you've had three of them now right yeah three. we've just had our third one on the 30th of July and they've been very successful they they work really well they've worked particularly well in the the COVID environment because it's small groups of people and mm. so you you know you can break groups down and, and they don't have to have contact with lots of people but this time we you start it we had two starting venues and then you um, had four routes that go from those starting venues. So people try different things and they don't know what they're going to be doing on the until the night and find right. and they don't have any control over the menu. They can give us dietary requirements, but they then it sits with the chef to and the whole idea for us was to make it at a, a high you know, the highest level we could and to really demonstrate what what food they offer and what drinks they offer and different things so we have a lot of requests for people to end at the bramble um (laughs) the most commonly asked question can we finish at the bramble which is really hard for a small little boutique um suburban cocktail bar which seats yeah that's right i'm not quite sure what their max capacity would be but it's it's not not, very many (laughs) so you know they struggle because they have to keep people moving so people can't hang around they can so everyone stays for sort of one hour and then they right. have to ask them to leave because then they've got to have the next lot of peop- people that yeah. come and in. And we are quite lucky in Nonihanga with the with the wide variety of eateries, right? I think you had Slab, the the new pizza place that was involved, yeah. right? And and, um, and like we had Mana famous. Kitchen, who which many people don't know about, is a fantastic Filipino restaurant, and they did dessert, which was really interesting. Um, and I would never personally have picked to go there, and I loved it. It was. It was a brilliant dessert, really interesting yeah, and, you know, something you wouldn't think about. And that was the purpose for the culinary crawl was to try and, you know, challenge people. Sometimes we challenge people too much and yep. then we have to yep. revisit that because, you know, they might not like that option. But that's right. the whole point of the culinary crawl. You shouldn't – you have to be a little bit daring in order to – Put people out of their comfort zone. Yeah. yeah no, I think, it's, I think it's fantastic. Have you got anything else coming up? Uh, um, so we confirmed yesterday some funding – 
which was very exciting for um, Music on the Moor, which was an event that we did the first year of the Culinary Crawl. We combined the two of them because the crawl was in um, spring at that point. And so we wanted to do something out on the street to bring some music and some life. Um, but this time, and we had it all planned for last year and then we went into lockdown, so we had to cancel it. So we're resurrecting that and we will close the street between, um, close Onihanga Mall between Church and Arthur Street um, for an afternoon. Um, and from four to eight, we'll have some live music. We'll have two okay. two lots of music playing and um, things like a silent disco and stuff in the middle and try and encourage yeah. our hospitality venues. So we won't have food trucks or anything. It's all about making the most of what we already have and What's just there, yeah. bringing that to life and, you know, having a Fantastic. little bit of fun for a spring festival. Yeah, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, it's good that spring's sort of approaching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all getting a little bit sick of, Rain. Sick of the winter weather. <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay, so we've got these, we've got these local uh, elections coming up. So I, I wanted to sort of shift gear a little bit and ask a little bit about that. And in particular, for my understanding, it'd be really good to hear from you who it is that you mostly work with uh, when it comes to sort of the local representatives. Um, you know, because we've got the councillor, we've got the councillor, we've got the local board. How, how do you interact with them? So from a day-to-day perspective, I work quite closely with the local board. They have a budget to deliver things and influence local stuff. Um, which is very much what Onihanga Business Association is, is we're a very local group, so we um, work closely with the local board. Um, but I do liaise a lot with Josephine Bartley, who's our councillor, but she's her role is much more regional and strategic. So she works on behalf of the residents in the area and businesses for the whole region. So she doesn't necessarily just advocate on behalf of us. She works for everybody. She's just a mm-hmm. representative. Um, so I, I was trying to think of it. Another way of thinking about it is that the council is a mayor and the mayor doesn't have as much power as everyone thinks they do. They've only got one vote and she has the exact same amount of votes as he does in this situation being yeah. with yeah. Phil Goff, um, that they oversee the strategy from a regional perspective, whereas the local board deliver more operational level stuff. So they right. they have a lot of influence um, in our lives on a day-to-day basis that you don't really even think about. So that mm. they look after the roads. Well, they influence. They don't look after Auckland Transport does. But Auckland Transport will ask them for feedback and suggestions on priorities for roads or cycleways or then the parks team come in and they talk about upgrading a park. So they have to weigh up all the different parks in the area and figure out who has the most need, and then sometimes I think they they say, oh, well, we've spent such an amount of money in Onihanga, so now we've got to spend such an amount in Pamir or Glen Innes. Right. Um, mm. So they have a lot of influence in our everyday lives, and I think people underestimate that, and they don't recognise um, how powerful that is for everyone. Yeah, no, I think I think that's right. Because um, I, I guess you, a lot of you know a lot of the, the local board, you may not you may not even know their names or you may not see them day to day, right? But they're, they're actually the ones that, as you say, you know, have that influence and have have the ability to to decide on some things for the local community. So I think it will be really interesting uh, in this podcast to talk to to talk to the, those candidates and mm. sort of see what where they're where, what they're looking to to achieve. I think. Yeah. So mm. we have um, a member of the local board um, sits on my board. So I have a board of um, business owners and property owners. And right. so um, 
coincidentally at this point our um, local board member is also a member of the business association so that generally with local board people the only person who's full-time is the chair everyone else balances a second role yeah. or third mm-hmm. role um, but one of the strange things about Onihanga and how we come together is that we're part of Mangakiki Tamaki which is a really long stretched out ward and I, yeah. I find that quite challenging from a um, day-to-day perspective because it's about 15 kilometres um, I've measured it today just to make <laughs> absolutely certain. And, um, good, fact, good fact to drop in. Yeah. <laughs> and so Onihanga and Queenstown Road, that's one end. And then Glen Innes is the other end. And yes. I've been in Auckland for 13 years and I've been to Glen Innes twice. Um, yeah. Like I don't have a lot of, well, obviously, I don't have a lot of association with the area. I think they're very separate areas within Auckland. Must must be one of the, must be the most diverse um I, I mean, uh, in, in, yeah, in it would be because, I mean, you get mm. things like Rodney, which is massive, but they've always had an association together, whereas Mangakiki Tamaki just feels a little bit foreign. Mm. Um, and I think then, so there's kind of the boundary of State Highway 1 that runs up through the middle of Mangakiki Tamaki, and then Mangakiki has three representatives, and Tamaki has four because this is on the on the local board on the local board, yes. yeah. so that because they I believe the situation is that they have more residents, so they need more representation. But that's at odds because we have more business, but mm. we don't get that doesn't get valued, and by it's the same as as the a same. residential um, representation. So yeah, I think we just have to scream a bit louder. Also, because the local board offices are um, based in Pamua, you know, we're not in their faces all the time. They don't necessarily see us. So right. um, I yell a yeah. lot. Yeah, well, I guess that, that points to how important your your role, uh, regardless of the job title, is, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> well, there's a few, yeah. I mean, there's a few people who are in that same situation as, you yeah. know, we're, we're calling out to say, don't forget us. You know, we're just as important. And yeah, Onihanga right. is probably... Is, I think from a um, retail take home would be on e- would be equal or more than Glen Innes, for example. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah. Uh, so, in terms of your your sort of uh, members, uh, your business membership, what what are the biggest? I know you talked through some of these things, but what are the most important things to them that um, that are sort of under the influence of the local board? Mm. Um. <sighs> That's a good question. There's not, there's, I mean, the roading and, and footpaths and that type of thing is all influenced by them. Um, yeah. But once again, they're under the control of Auckland Transport and Auckland Transport then, um, you know, ask for their opinions. Panuku's got the whole Transform Onihanga program, which has been around for a little while. And so they liaise and they workshop back with the local board about the future of that. Right. I meet with them as well, but I don't get. I'm not privy to as much information as the local board members are, mm. Um, mm. and that's very strategic project. You know, they're looking ten, twenty years ahead. So sure. sometimes mm. my members are looking right here, right now. Most of the time, of they're just figuring out how to pay their bills for the next month, um, yeah. rather than looking into the future, which is what the local board tends to do. Yeah, in okay. that, so in, you, in you, that strategic side. Yeah. So if you elevate it then above the local board, so you look at the councillor, you look at the mayor, what are the kind of things that are um, that are, are really important to, to membership? I, I, I imagine transport. 
Tra- yeah, transport. Tra- yep. Transport, parking, they're probably the two things that people immediately jump to as yeah. being low-hanging fruit. I don't mm-hmm. think it's actually that simple, but that's what people instinct, excuse me, instinctively feel is yeah. that those things influence a lot. Yeah. Um, you know that, but a lot of that then sits with government as well because the problem with not the problem, but Onihanga's charm comes from being right in the middle of Auckland, and that also means that we're dissected by a number of big infrastructure, regional infrastructure projects. So we have Transpower, we have Watercare, we have um, Auckland Transport, NZ Wakatahi, um, lots of different things dissect through Onihanga. And so, you know, I used the phrase in the community news recently that things are done to us, not for us. Um, and that happened with the trains recently. Mm. You know, it's not, not going to Britomar any longer. That's because it's a regional project and, you know, yeah, we tend to be sacrificed um, yeah, for the greater yeah, good. A, that's a good point. And I, that's an issue that we do want to dig into a little bit more in, in some of the upcoming uh, conversations that we're going to be having, uh, that, that, that public transport. I'm glad issue. that's not with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is, how, how, is, how is the crime situation? Because we're hearing a lot about that in the media at the moment. We, we've how, been quite big victims of that. We've had quite a few ram raids and things in Onihanga. Um, it makes everyone very nervous. It is um, unpredictable. We've had like a hairdresser that's been rammed twice and for wow. no reason other than just destruction. They can't take very much. They don't have any cash on site. Um, part of me thinks it's because they're placed straight across the road from the community police station that they right. target businesses. I don't know. It, it's really hard and it makes it really hard for those businesses because they don't necessarily have as much money um, as people think they do in order to pay their insurance premiums and things like that. So it makes things a bit more challenging for them. So yeah. um I think, yeah, that's the one of the things about the last few years is that most independent businesses have burnt through their um, reserves, reserves, their savings, yeah. any extras. Yeah. And so they're all a bit burnt out and um, things like crime and stuff, just it's just another thing for them to worry about. Mm. The, 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 um, the local police station, that's not uh, open. Yeah, it is now. That, it is open now? Yep. So okay. is it open sort of regular hours? Is that yep? Is that how it's that, nine. It is? It's nine oh, till or eight till five, nine till four, yeah. something like that. Um, they have two full time staff in there, but they will only open the doors if they have a police officer um, behind the scenes there to right. support them. So right. they're not. Um, so the two staff who run the office are not um, sworn police officers. They are public. Well, I was going to say public relations specialist, but that's not quite right either. They're, yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they yeah. they deal yeah. with inquiries. So we're one, we've got one of the only ones. We've got a new um, sergeant, Chris William, who took over a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and um, so we've got one of the only face to face officers in Auckland. And apparently, oh, it's because we have quite high um, rates of people coming in the door. Talking right, to the police. Okay. okay. And, and do you do you deal do you, uh, you work quite a lot with the, the police and your and your um, one of my team does. Mm. So we have a lot of CCTV um, requests that we then go back to the police with. 
right? Or they pop in and say hello. But the police is a different one because, like, the team that's based out of there um, is runs on shifts, and most of the time the crime that's been investigated is actually run out of Mount Wellington or Manukau. So, yeah. um, Tavita, who works with me, deals with a huge variety of police that come in and ask for our help. Yeah, tracking down yeah. things or yeah. just trying to see what the truth is about some stuff, you know. Yeah. Or we get people who've lost things or we have missing people. or There's lots of different scenarios that pop up. We've had a few issues with people stealing copper pipes. So, Of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> one, of, one of the cafes, one of the guys came in at 6 o'clock in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning and all he could do was just smell gas. And like within a couple of hours earlier, someone had stolen the copper pipe with the gas. And so the gas was just going out. And if anyone had lit a match, the whole thing would have just exploded. Yeah. But um, far out. Yeah. That was a bit frightening. Yeah. Okay. So there's no end to the diversity of the the situations (laughs) that you and your team are dealing with. Yeah. It Uh, changes every day. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps it interesting, I suppose. Sure does. (laughs) Uh, final question, uh, and uh, I just you know, I know that you're a resident of Onihanga, you work in Onihanga. Uh, I wondered if you could share with the people listening what's one of your favourite places uh, in Onihanga and why you love it. Really putting you on the spot you here. put me on the spot. What am I going to say? I've said two of them, which is what? Onihanga Bra- Neighbourhood Eatery and the, the Bramble. Bramble. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a reputation um, for liking the Bramble cocktails. I'm not actually a big drinker. But I will make an exception for a bramble cocktail. No, I probably would say going for a bowl of fur noodle soup at Mr. T's, Mr. and T's being, which is served by Mrs. T. Mrs. T's the chef, and Mr. T's the baker. And yep. um, I love Vietnamese food, and I actually really enjoy it for breakfast in the morning. Yeah, it's a fantastic spot. I love those tables outside as well. It's quite yeah, yeah, a it's, nice it's a lovely, sunny, social spot. So. Mm. Can often good find choice, yeah, good choice. Oh, excellent. All right, well, uh, yeah, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk with us. I think um, just hearing a little bit about uh, some of the issues for business is, is probably something that not necessarily everyone uh, thinks about. So um, so really good to get your your insight there and hear a little bit more about what your role involves. Thank you. Because uh, I've often wondered. <laughs> so <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Yeah, thanks so much for your time uh, being with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and your neighbours. And make sure to connect with me on social media. I'm Tim underscore McCready on both Twitter and Instagram, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks also to my producer, Josh Couch, who dreamed up Onihanga FM to bring hyper-local content to the residents of Onihanga and surrounding suburbs. I'll be back with the next episode soon. And don't forget to vote. Voting closes on the 8th of October. Listener.